Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the College Underdogs Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith, and I got several things I want to talk about today. I don't even know what order I want to talk about them. I've got a basketball update specific to Memphis. Tulane hired their head coach. In fact, his introductory press conference is wrapping up or going on like right now as I'm recording this. We had some G5 representatives in the CFB awards. And then of course, Army Navy happened. So those are the topics for today's show. What order they go in? I I don't know. We're just going to get going. But before I get into it, if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, um, share it with a friend, man. Listen, if you know of someone who's a fan of the AAC, of a team in the AAC, or just in the mid-major group of five underdog conferences in general, please share this channel with them. Get them to subscribe. Let them know we have daily content, or at least Monday through Thursday, full episodes, and then different types of content throughout the weekend. Send it over to them. And uh, yeah, comment at the end. You know the drill. Uh, And then if you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please leave a five-star rating, leave a positive review. I would greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, let's start with basketball, man. Let's Let's just start basketball. Memphis. So to bring you up to speed on Memphis, right? DeAndre Williams, his waiver or whatever it was for another year of eligibility got denied. Um, They had brought in Jordan Brown, this this cycle through the transfer portal and just in case you don't know Jordan Brown okay he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school he was actually recruited to Nevada he committed to Nevada as a five-star recruit out of high school and if I remember correctly he was a McDonald's All-American so a McDonald's All-American commits to Nevada you want to know why he committed to Nevada because their head coach at the time was a guy by the name of Eric Musselman the current Arkansas Razorback head coach. So Musselman recruits Brown to Nevada. If I remember right, I'm pretty sure he sat the bench that whole year. Nevada made a tournament run the following season. Muss bolts to Arkansas. Jordan Brown hops in the transfer portal, goes to Arizona. Not real sure what happened at Arizona, but he ended up transferring, I think, to Louisiana. Louisiana, I want to say he was a Sunbelt player of the year or an accolade similar to that transfers to Memphis and now it's sounding like he's he's out I don't I don't know I I I was kind of trying to follow it over the weekend like there was an illness or something of that nature if you are a Memphis Hoops fan and you are a little more tapped in with what's going on with Jordan Brown please in the comments put put it in there let me know um but it sounds like he won't be returning Okay, which opens up a a void for Memphis basketball. Okay, if you've watched them play at all this season, they have a lot of firepower. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of athleticism. They have a lot of length. Where they've gotten beat is on the boards. So 
Obviously, DeAndre Williams would have been a big-time help in that department, but he was denied. Now Jordan Brown's leaving. And so as all this is happening, Kansas State releases, I say releases, um, dismisses, I should say, Naquan Tomlin, who was a part of their Elite Eight run. Kid from Harlem. He was a Juco guy. He's about a 10-6 average guy uh, playing in the Big 12 last year. Arguably the best basketball conference in the country on an Elite 8 team. He's dismissed. He enters the portal. And now there's links that he could be transferring to Memphis. And he would be able to play. I don't know if he would have to wait till the semester break. I think that's how that would work. Um, but just in time for conference play. So interesting story here to follow because (laughs) it's like Memphis could, it's like this perfect storm could be happening in Memphis's favor. And I haven't followed the, the, the Naquan Tomlin story too closely. I know he got arrested. I know it had to do with some fight. I think it was, I don't want to mischaracterize the situation, but I, If I recall correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong. And then essentially the administration of the university are the ones I think that had stepped in and essentially made like this executive decision to dismiss him from the team. Well, anyways, he's in the portal now. I think he's like 6'9", 6'10". You know, he's a guy I think if he's playing on Memphis's roster, they they win that Ole Miss game, personally. Um... But while we're in this basketball vein, I I do have a question for you in regards to the AAC. Is this a two-bid league? Like, I was really hoping for three or four bids. And I don't know about you, but from my vantage point, this has been a very disappointing start to the basketball season for the AAC. With the exception of Memphis and FAU, there's been a lot of disappointments. I know Tulane's hanging around at the third spot right now. You got Wichita State behind them. Wichita State's got a big one coming up with Kansas, I think, in a couple weeks. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I feel like Wichita State and Temple need to be good for this conference to be a good basketball conference. Um, but then USF, okay, they've, they've had their ups and downs early. They had a big win over FSU over the weekend. I think that they're a team that... If they just, you know, if, if their coach is able to establish the culture, you know, I think they could be okay. Um, don't know if it's going to happen this year. Remember, he was at Kennesaw State, and I remember Kennesaw State, uh, uh, Abdur Rahim. I remember, I don't remember who they were beating, but it was halftime, and they were up on a team they shouldn't have been up on, or they were playing them tight, something like that. And he got asked, how do you sustain this for the second half of this game? And he said, we're just going to stick to the same old boring habits. And he's like, basically, that's what we built our culture on. It's the same old boring discipline habits. And I think if he has enough time, USF could be good. But just overall, this season right now, man, this basketball season has is, is been very disappointing to me. With the exceptions other than Memphis and FAU. But I think everyone expected them to be in the tournament come March to begin with. I want to see some more representation. Because the conference just lost the New Year's Six bid. That's money that they're missing out on. And then, you know two bids in the tournament. I mean, unless both teams make a run to the final four, you know, that's again, a lot of money being left on the table. So anyways, let's move on. 
CFB Awards, College Football Postseason Awards, had two G5 representatives, as I said at the top of the show, had Graham Nicholson, the kicker for Miami of Ohio, winning the Groza Award, and then Trey Taylor, straight out of Frisco, Texas, played at Lone Star High School, uh, safety at Air Force, um, won the Thorpe Award. So congratulations to both of those guys, uh, the Mountain West Conference and the MAC pulling in some postseason awards, um, keeping the underdog conferences on the map in that department. But uh, hopefully one day uh, the AAC will be back to winning those types of awards. I don't know if you remember, I mean, one year the kid from Tulsa won like two or three the defensive back from Cincy won one, won the Thorpe Award, I think. Not Sauce, but the guy that was on the other side. Was it uh, Bryant? Um, and there's some other ones I'm, I'm missing, but anyways. So speaking of AAC football, the next thing on my list here is Tulane's coaching hire. John Sumrall from Troy. This, to me, is an absolute grand slam hire. This is a guy who not only has SEC pedigree, okay? I mean, that's he, he's, he's been an assistant at Kentucky. He's been an assistant at Ole Miss. Played college football in the SEC at Kentucky in the early 2000s. I think, I think he was there just after Tim Couch. I don't know if him and Tim Couch actually played together, but he was in that era. So maybe even, was it Woodson or Lorenzen, one of those, one of those guys. But played uh, linebacker at Kentucky. And took over a Troy program that had back-to-back-to-back losing seasons. Three consecutive seasons, missing a bowl game. And in year one, goes 12-2, and two, wins the conference. Year two, goes 11-2, and two, wins the conference. Probably 12-2, and two, but he won't be coaching the bowl game. So that's 23 wins in two years for a program that had three straight losing seasons. I'm not so sure Tulane didn't win this coaching cycle overall, but definitely as it pertains to the whole addition by subtraction principle. It sucked for them to lose Willie Fritz to Houston. But now when you look at who they just brought in, if you're a Tulane fan watching this right now or listening, I mean, are you not more excited about the head coach you have leading the program at this point versus had Fritz stayed. I mean, Fritz was getting up there in age. I don't know how many more years he has in him. I know one of the things that people liked about Fritz was he was, he was, uh, there felt like there was some stability there. Now, obviously he disrupted that by taking the Houston job, but I mean, he'd been there seven, eight years, just had finally gotten the program to turn a corner a season ago, kept that momentum this season, even though they lost to SMU in the conference championship, but still an 11-win season, heck of a year for Tulane. I think who they just brought in is a guy that can even build and, 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 and do even more in however long he's going to be here at, at Tulane, I should say. Because that's the only downside, I think, to Summerall being your coach is you don't know how long he's going to be your coach. Right? Is he going to be there one year, two year, three years? Because every single year as these SEC jobs come open, I think he's going to be a guy on everyone's shortlist, even this, this current cycle. Okay? He was one of the candidates for Mississippi State. He was one of the candidates. In fact, he was likely going to be the guy 
Had Stoops gone to A&M, he was likely going to be the guy that became the head coach at Kentucky. So two SEC jobs that he was high on the list. Um, and that's who is now coming in to replace Willie Fritz at Tulane. I, like I said, I think it's an absolute grand slam. I think with his coaching background and what he's done these past two years as a head coach, I mean, if I'm a Tulane fan, I'm ecstatic about this hire. If you're, if you're a fan of the Green Wave, let me know in the comments what your thoughts are. What's the talk around town? Is there a buzz? Is there excitement? And you know what is his ceiling at Tulane? I mean, this is a guy that can continue to build on the success of the last two seasons, which isn't just good for the program in general, but as a program that's aspiring to be in that power conference discussion, this is a guy, in my opinion, that can get you there. That at least can 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 get you to where your 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 program is, um, is is continuously brought up in those conversations. And then finally, to end this show, going to talk about Army Navy. Um, man, just the pageantry of that game, the atmosphere of that game, the electricity of that game just never fails. In fact, one of my bucket list items is to not just attend that game, but to cover that game as a part of the College Underdogs podcast. With both of those teams being AAC teams for next season's matchup, I'm going to just speak it, put it out, put it out there that I will be at the 2024 Army-Navy game on the sidelines covering that game as a part of the College Underdogs podcast right here on the College Game Time YouTube channel. Um, But yeah, man, great game, excellent game. There's two things I think I want to talk about on this. One from the Navy standpoint and one's from the Army standpoint. Army's is more like looking ahead. Navy's is more like what the heck. So that final drive, that Navy was putting together where they got into their tempo. They were spreading it out a little bit, moving the ball best. Their offense really looked all day. Really? They get inside the 10 yard line. And this is where I'm, I'm like, what are they doing? They were actually maybe inside the seven yard line through the ball, through the ball, which I get. They're out of timeouts, 30, 35 seconds left. So they get to the two-yard line on fourth and goal and run a QB sneak, QB push, tush push, whatever you want to call it. What are they thinking? I I just didn't understand that play call from that far out. I mean, that's like lining up for a two-point conversion and going QB sneak. That's about how far away they were from the goal line. My thought was, You had time. I know you were out of timeouts, but my thought was you get inside the five, seven yard line, 30 seconds left, get back in your under center looks, run some triple option, you know, your bread and butter and see if you can catch them off guard. I mean, you've been in the spread running tempo up to that point. And then all of a sudden you get into your, you know, double wing flex bone look and run a triple option, whatever. That's what I thought. Or at least on that fourth and goal play from the two-yard line, if you're going to run the ball there, stick to what you know. Run what you know. Give yourself multiple options on that play to get in the end zone. But it is what it is. 
I wasn't crazy about that play call. Even if they would have scored there, it didn't guarantee anything because they still would have had to have converted the two-point conversion because I think they were down 17-9 to at that point. But either way, it was a heck of a game, heck of a finish. And then on the Army side of things, what I will be looking forward to seeing next season is what does this Army offense look like in year two under this new scheme? Right. Talked about I talked about this earlier in the season where they run. I mean, they have a lot of the same staples of what an army offense typically looks like with the triple option, trap option, some of the different things they do up front on their run scheme. It's just out of a lot of different formations, more spread out, more of a, you know, spread out type option attack, still have some under center, still have some heavy looks. I think throughout the course of the season, it was kind of a roller coaster. You saw it really come alive in flashes like uh, uh, the UTSA game as a perfect example. The Army offense just was clicking like crazy in that game, and UTSA couldn't stop it. Then they had some other games. I mean, you could even consider the Navy, but Army Navy's always like that. But they had some other games where, where they couldn't get anything going. So I'm curious to see because I think it's a very unique scheme. And I really like it. And it reminds me a little bit of what Liberty does with Chadwell and sort of his option scheme out of the pistol and spread sets. He did the same thing at uh, Coastal Carolina. I've been a fan since then. Similar to that, has some differences. Um, So I'm curious to see as they come into the conference with this unique scheme, year two within it, you know, what does their offense look like next year? I project they'll be one of the top run offenses in the country. Um, probably one of the top run offenses in the conference, but yeah, man. So let me know your thoughts. What are your thoughts on the Memphis basketball stuff? What are your thoughts on the summer all hire at Tulane? What are your thoughts on army Navy? And then looking ahead to next year with both those teams being in the conference, even though that won't be a conference game. And uh, that's it for me today. Trey Smith, college underdogs signing off. <laughs>